Welcome to the Workforce Connections Podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to the WC Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Lou DeSalvio from Local 872. Lou, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So you represent not just the laborers, but you represent the the construction industry as a whole, all the trades here on the Workforce Connections Board. Why is it important that the trades have a voice here at the table when we're looking at investing in the future workforce of Southern Nevada? Personally, I think it's very important due to the fact that you have a very diverse group of business owners and leaders, and you have to get into that pipeline in order to keep your people working. And I think it's it's imperative that uh, there's a voice from the construction trades on that body. I always love hearing from you and Tommy and, and Guy Martin, who are all on our board, uh, about the nobility of this profession, right? Uh, we've gone through an era where uh, the words blue collar and these things, but I mean, these are, are not only noble professions that we, uh, this is how cities were lit with electricians, how cities are built, uh, you know, um, about things being built. We just built a, uh, an iconic stadium here in Las Vegas. Who would have known we would have had an NFL team, an NFL stadium? And I know you were there from day one. Tell us about what, what it was like to be a part with your team and the other laborers of, of building such an iconic thing as Raider Stadium. Well, when the vision first came about, probably 18 months at least before shovels were in the ground, it was a, a long courtship between special sessions and, and planning commission and, and county commissioners and just getting everything to, to fall into place. And once that special session hit and uh, we were able to get the more cops in the bigger stadium or get it approved, you know, things started snowballing from there and shovels in the ground created thousands of jobs, both indirect and, uh, and, and, and outside. So you had real estate went up, people were starting to move to Nevada again, the economy took off. I mean, it was, it was a God sent to have happen because we had 10 years of a drought of, at least for the construction industry, as far as we're concerned. Uh, so having that, that was, we were all in, that was something that had to happen to get this state back on its feet again. And as you can see, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, uh, if it had not been for COVID, I couldn't only imagine where we would be right now. We had to take a, you know, a fall 18 month fall back here, but, uh, Things moving forward now and people getting back to work again and, and, and getting their vaccinations and, and getting their jobs back, it's just going to bring us back tenfold. And it, it created, a, you know, around that stadium, too, is going to be totally redeveloped. So, again, more construction jobs, more uh, service-based industry jobs. It's just a trickle-down effect. So it, it's, it's been a blessing, to be honest with you. It has. And I, um, I got to tour it early on with Mark Bedane before there was any events there. And my first event was the Garth Brooks concert, which was amazing to see over 60,000 people in that place. What was it like for you? Have, been, have you been to one of the events and how, what was that experience like? I, I did attend the uh, a preseason game, uh, but other than that, I haven't been to any other one, to be honest with you. I spent so much time there yeah. from the day they laid a tarp on the ground and decided yeah. to have a groundbreaking ceremony to after it was you know finished and ribbon cutting. And so uh, spent enough time there for a minute, but it, it, it was great to actually see a uh, a game there with live people <laughs> allowed to attend. That was yeah. the first first sporting event in there that they allowed people to attend. So it was great. I imagine that would have been special for you to be there because I know you were there when it was just dirt, when the excavation began. 
uh, when the last beam went up, all those milestones remind me of when I was on on the strip working for the hotel industry and and I was, you know, a part of the building of the Mirage and Treasure Island and Bellagio. And it's just amazing to see after two, three years, a project open on opening day. And so it's, it's very special, uh, those accomplishments. So speaking about accomplishments, you've been on the board now a few years. And we've had some uh, really good times and really bad times. And uh, But it's all for, for the work. We I know it's been difficult We've been through difficult meetings, difficult decisions, but all because we really wanted to improve how workforce development is done here. What would be uh, one or two of, of what you're most proud that we as a board have accomplished over the last few years? Um, definitely uh, cleaning up the budgeting issue. Uh, it, it's come uh, full circle. It's just where we are today from where we were is again that it, that's an awesome accomplishment. Uh, I believe you even won. Uh, uh, a uh, recommendation or a, what they call the Super Bowl yeah. because of that. Um, and then, you know, being able to get the trades back in the school, they hadn't been in the school since I was in high school. And I'm not even going to mention when that was, but uh, I, I know myself and another uh, fellow board member at the time, we've spent many, many years trying to reach that goal and getting uh, Superintendent Jara opened up that ability to get the trades back in the schools, which is huge because it gives them a career path on the way out, knowing, getting their hands dirty, figuring out if that's where they want to go. Because uh, as we discussed, college isn't for everybody, but it still gives them the ability to earn college credits. So if they do decide to go back and get those degrees, they have earned credits towards it by working in the construction industry as well as earning you know, a great living. Yeah, you know, I like how you guys always refer to it. This is the other uh, four-year college program, right? That's correct. That's one correct. without debt and one where you're making money. And so you you guys, I think the the trades and the apprenticeships, uh, again, at, at one time, I think were recognized as a great option for young people. And we went through a place where I think we as a society were trying to put everybody through college. but And we recognize we still need doctors and engineers and all those things, even architects for these big projects. But... Again, I'm happy to see that here in Southern Nevada, we're being serious about exposing young people to this these professions who are immensely rewarding. We talked about what it's like to build a stadium like Greater Stadium, but also great paying jobs with great benefits and pensions. So. Correct. The, the last thing you want to do is be a burden on anybody. And, and, and being able to get into trades, I got in at a young age too. I was 18 when I got in. And I tell you right now, it's the best decision I ever made in my life because I have the ability to say when I'm done that, you know, there is a pension there, there's health and welfare there, uh, you know, and you have to earn it, of course, you know, there's nothing free in this world. But at the end of the day, to see, take your hands and see what you've accomplished. I mean, over my years, building the Luxor, the uh, Mirage, uh, Treasure Island, the O'Callaghan Bridge that everybody, those my hands have touched all that stuff. And to see it still there and people gawk from all over the place to come see that stuff, to me, that's huge. You know, the stadium, I thought that would have been my last project or whatever and then maybe retire. But, you know, every time you sit back and you see that somebody wants to talk about building a, baseball stadium or they want to have the nba come here it's like well i don't know if i'm ready yet i'd like yeah. to maybe touch my hands on a little bit of that too I, you know i'm greedy when it comes to that I, I enjoy it it building something like that and then seeing everybody's get to enjoy it and their faces when they go in there and they uh, they celebrate whatever team is in there to me that's a great accomplishment yeah it sounds like you might have a couple of projects still left in you yeah <laughs> the, uh, 
I, I know that again, as as the economy goes, projects and other projects uh, begin. The pandemic, as you said, put a hard pause. But tell us about where the the your people who are working on Allegiant Stadium, the uh, resorts world, uh, the new convention center, all these places that are now completed and people are enjoying them. Where are your laborers now? Uh, Since the pandemic. Uh, there's been the opportunity for a lot of the casinos to take it upon themselves, seeing they were shut down or whatever, and they didn't have to deal with the public in and out with dust, what we call dust walls, where we separate them from the public and we remodel. So a lot of remodels have taken place. A lot of hotels took the opportunity to clean things up. Uh, for lack of a better word, or redesign or, you know, because we all know now we have to have social distancing and maybe things aren't on paper and then, you know, it's all touch screen. And so things have changed. And, and over the course of uh, this whole pandemic on the strip, and you've seen it even just on the road work in front of the strip, they would have never been able to tear up Las Vegas Boulevard like they had where they were doing both sides of the street at the same time because traffic uh, during a normal world wouldn't allow that. So with the pandemic and things shut down and corridors kind of closed, it gave them the ability to get in there and put the new infrastructure in and get things better. So when this is over, you know, the streets are done, things are ready um same with the casinos you know they wanted to remodel themselves they wanted to revamp themselves and it gave it gave the opportunity and that's what we see right now we see a lot of solar coming up um we see remodels we see a lot of uh, heavy highway and infrastructure work um things that maybe would have been a little bit further down the road had come now because now it's the perfect opportunity where traffic was slow and 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 then foot traffic was slow as well so we take full advantage of that we'll do whatever they got for us and when you say solar loot do you mean these solar generating plants that are massive uh areas Correct. we're talking you know thousand plus acres wow. anywhere up to seven thousand acres i mean i i just read something today that said by 2050 uh the united states wants to be at least 50 percent on solar that's a lot of land that's, that's a, a lot, lot of panels projects. that's a lot of work that's a lot of work you know and uh and we'll take it you yeah. know whatever's going to keep everybody moving and putting food on the table and giving them an honest living we're in that's awesome and it's making us uh, more energy independent which is great um my last question has to do with uh again uh technology like the solar uh panel arrays that you're talking about is the way of the future. People refer to it in workforce development as the future of work and what, you know, we will look like when there's more robots, more artificial intelligence, more automation. But again, you guys in the construction industry have ridden that train, if you will, with the advent of big machines that do things that humans can't do. What do you see uh, in the construction industry, the changes that technology is bringing here in the next decade? Uh, just as a, like you said in your statement, I believe uh, things will be going robotic. And I believe that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have to work on that. You know, unfortunately, when things are created, some jobs are canceled. Perfect example, the minute they opened up uh, personal checkout, put a lot of checkout people out of work. You know, but there still has to be somebody there to maintain, fix. And so hopefully you could take a job that was canceled and then recreate another one out of it. And that's what we hope to do in the construction industry. We hope to not be put to the wayside, but yet we're there to help repair, replace, remove uh, whatever it would take to keep that piece of machinery then moving forward. And I heard you, uh, Lou, speak about things that even... How do robots and artificial intelligence make humans do uh, jobs that they couldn't do before, like these things called esqueletons or something? Can you tell us about 
what role do you see that in, in construction? I see that coming full circle here because uh, I've, I've witnessed it on on multiple occasions where they're coming out with these exoskeletory bodies that you wrap on, so it gives the ability to cut back on back injuries, neck injuries, arm in, anything that you would use for lifting, pulling, dragging. So I, I see it coming around. I don't know how far off that is. I'm sure it's still in its prototype phase, but. I wouldn't put it very far down the road, maybe 10 years, uh, which doesn't, it seems like a long time, but it's really not. Um, being out there to uh, help assist a, a person in the construction industry just to circumvent any injuries. So, Lou, uh, it's, uh, it's been great, uh, you know, catching up with you. I know, again, we appreciate you having you here on the board because you've pushed us to do things that, uh, quite frankly, weren't being focused on before, which is, again, you just said, really focusing on highlighting what great jobs these jobs and the trades are, uh, from the laborers and the carpenters and the electricians and the sheet metal guys on all the trades. And I know that um, we're looking forward to having your peers, Guy Martin also here on the podcast, and Tommy. And so I, I like to maybe ask you, as we come to a close, to share any final thoughts you might have Uh, with our audience, uh, perhaps on what uh, the op how optimistic you are about our future here in Southern Nevada. Well, I'm very optimistic on the future due to the fact that I still think we're growing in the in the sports industry. I still think we still have a little card up our sleeve for the gaming industry. I mean, Vegas is always reinventing itself. Since I've been on this trip, since uh, like I'm 18 years old, I mean, it's been constantly. It went from being the uh, you know uh, the destination for families back to adults, to families, back to adults, now to sports. So it's been flip-flop so many times, and that's what I like about living here. It's like as soon as somebody tries to copy what we got, we got to take it up a notch, you know, and it keeps everybody on their toes. And I see uh, Vegas growing. The only thing that gives me a little bit of concern, honestly, is the water. I hope that the growth can keep in lockstep with the water supply so that way we can grow. Um, but that would be my greatest concern at this point in time is to see where we're at with that. Yeah, that's actually a fascinating subject. Maybe we can have you back to talk just about that water issue. Yeah. But uh, I agree with you, Las Vegas, uh, our region a region that reinvents itself every time, even through tragedy. So, uh, Lou, thanks for coming and joining us today in the podcast. Thank you. So that's it for today's uh, episode of the WC Podcast. Please join us on a future one. Until next time, stay safe.